Court's smart guy. So go, go ahead. Tell me the difference between. Well, okay. Here's what I think imploding is. The thing. Well, I don't know. I tell you, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stupid. Go ahead. Okay. Take a, an empty beer can. Step on it. That's imploding. It goes inward. Yes. Put, put firecrackers in it. And it explodes. It blows out. Okay. I, I know on the surface, I, I, I would under I would be able to come up with that definition. The reason I was confused by it is <laughs> if something implodes, does it also not blow to pieces? The air, it can, the, yes. Well, because the structure is, is compromised. Yeah. Well, so that's what I'm saying. So it imploded. It, it, it went in on itself, but then it must have just... To, to smithereens and, and by the way <laughs> where exactly where, where exactly is smithereens is that any <laughs> does anyone have any coordinates on smithereens <laughs> howard when they when they take those big buildings down they implode them right uh, understood they, they, so they fall into each other and there's debris it's just like that craft would have imploded right and then the debris would have fallen. Would have, but the debris would have spread as though it had been exploded. Uh, yeah, maybe not to the same degree, obviously. But um, so, yes, Dan, would there be a uh, a device somewhere that you know of in your science that would be able to gauge? If it did blow two smithereens, or what? How far? How close? <laughs> we're, we're back to the smithereens. I'm sorry. Yeah. How close? Come on. How close to smithereens did it actually blow? <laughs> that is one of the. Uh, Where did that you know, come? On, on a gauge, you know, just like uh, <laughs> is it like the Richter scale? <laughs> exactly. Smithereens is on the far end there. Yeah. Are you? Blo- are you looking, Fred? Imploded. Are you looking up blue to smithereens? Yeah. Small broken pieces, fragments, bits. The vase was in smithereens on the floor, usually used in phrases like blow to smithereens or That's right. smash to smithereens. Uh, so it's actually a word. Um, it's likely to, likely derived from the Irish word smitterin or smitterini, meaning fragment. Ah, the smitterinis. Um, <laughs> and I do believe back in the CFNY days, there was a band called the smithereens, if I'm not mistaken. That is true. Is okay. it true? Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't recall. Um, no? Well, I don't. You don't remember. You don't recall. Let's uh, start the show for uh, real now. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from the well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a porch in Stratford. It is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who are meticulously planning their winter vacation getaway because they can't stand the cold. The forever present living in the moment men with a high of 23. Today feels like 28. It's humble and fred. You know, when that uh, story developed, thank you, Dan Duran. At first, you remember they were saying they were picking up some knocking sounds from inside the submarine or the submersible. I never, I never bought that for a second. There's no way. Well, that was way outside. They said they had detected noise, but the chances of it being the craft were 
very slim because there's just constant ocean noise from a lot of things. Um, could have been a fish munching down on a crab. Well, they, they say now it was uh, could have been noise from some of the crafts that were searching for the craft. Some of the... Mm. It was it was an interesting lesson in news coverage and because it was just five people, but the story very intriguing. And then you know wall to wall coverage on all mm-hmm. the news networks, you know. And as uh, former President Obama, we, I saw an interview with him, and he made the point. You know, during the same week, like a boatload of refugees sunk with about you know a hundred and some odd desperate people and sunk and they all died and it hardly makes it hardly gets a mention and then this thing becomes well it becomes a mini series basically oh absolutely <laughs> and it's funny i didn't i know that obama was being interviewed on cnn by christian amanpour i didn't and i didn't hear that clip of it but i did say i did think of a similar thing to myself which was those five people died and all across the world, there were multiple car accidents where, where five and more people died and mm-hmm. got zero mention. But because of the idea of, you know, going to see the Titanic and submersible and the, the, the millionaire, billionaire vibe to it. And, the you know, the um, what do you call it? The are they still alive? The Yeah. What's the, the drama, for that? The, the, drama. Yeah, the drama, but all those stories are going to be like, like, like the, the soccer team caught in the cave or the mm-hmm. uh, miners caught in the mine yeah. or the, you know, this one, the same kind of, you know, fishbone like caught in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I remember the CNN coverage when Fred got the fishbone caught in his throat. It was, it was wall to wall. Every, the experts, the, uh, they brought in chefs, they brought in restaurateurs. I, I will say, I don't know if you guys, cause I listened to it. I, I was quite glued to this. And forget the fact they brought in James Cameron. I, I, I still find that kind of humorous. They, I mean, they're, they're scouring. They're trying to figure out what angle can we now discuss this? Let's get a guy that shot a movie about the Titanic. Yeah. But my Wait favorite. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute, though. Okay. On that. On yes. that point, James Cameron did a lot of. Uh, yes, I know. built the submarine that mm-hmm. went down there. He built mm-hmm. it. I mean. He funded. I mean, I don't. You know, You're correct. And I was. I was hoping we could gloss over that point because there. Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. It didn't fit my narrative. It didn't, didn't yeah, fit my okay. narrative. But you're actually correct that that they could have talked to James Cameron because he did a lot of post uh, movie filming of the actual boat. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they kept uh, you know promoting that interview, and for some reason, I happened to to miss it and i was actually disappointed that i didn't see that actual interview yeah and based on that you know he had been down there several times and could relate to it well where i was going with it before you guys interrupted with the facts of the actual story <laughs> where i was going is my favorite contributor and i don't know if you guys saw him was an old submarine guy who he was just crabby and crotchety. I wish I could remember his name. Guy's in his 70s. And he was actually friends with the French uh, captain that was down there that passed away. 
But this Popeye guy, the Sailor Man. Popeye the Sailor Man, yes. Poupé. Poupé le Popeye. But this guy, Dan and Fred, every time they came to him on CNN, yeah. he was just like one word, bullshit. <laughs> he just had no time for it. These people, are they shouldn't have gone down there. This thing was a piece of shit. <laughs> and well, every time they talked to him, no matter who it was, they yeah. used him all through the day. He's just like, the whole thing is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw that. Like... I mean, where do you begin with this? It's like, number one, the claustrophobia part of it. Oh, I know. Being underwater, you know, years ago in Aruba, me and Darren got in a submarine, but it just went down like 100 feet to look at a wreck. But even that made me nervous because I'm thinking, ah, geez, how do you get out of this thing? But as a tourist thing, obviously, there was all sorts of, you know, ways out and safety precautions. But this thing, to think you would go two and a half miles down crushed with four other people did you see like there's not even seats no i know there's a sitting there on the floor of the thing yeah and then it would just and again the claustrophobic part of it the fact that once i'm down there there's no way to get out from inside you have to be they had to dismantle it from the outside to get out like say it was a you know a normal trip and they came back to the surface you can't just open a hatch and get out somebody else has to get you out yes from the outside yeah like he, that are you crazy <laughs> no i know um yeah i wish i could remember this guy's name because at, at one point again all the cnn shows were using him and at one point they asked him uh, just tell us about your experience i've spent five and a half years of my life underwater <laughs> I've, I've been in the boat but um this guy stockton rush uh was uh he, he was uh, the billionaire guy developing this and I, you know i i feel bad for him because a lot of what he wanted to do makes a lot of sense that here we are trying to explore the universe when we have this whole universe of life in the ocean, and I thought you would relate to this, Dan, being a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have this whole world down there that still needs to be explored, and unfortunately, this, you know, might scare people away from it or, you know, g- give it some kind of circus atmosphere. But he was uh, quoted last month uh, talking to some students and talking about the, the risk of it. And he said, he told the students, uh, you know, uh, the key elements in any expedition is you got to be thinking, what could go wrong? <laughs> well, <laughs> he says something always bites you that you didn't expect. And what he should have said is you could be blown to smithereens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that yeah. the guy, the guy you're referring to? I saw an interview and he was saying we're wasting so much time exploring outer space. Yeah, Stockton Rush is the guy who said that. Yeah. Oh, no, no. that No, no. Um a guy they were interviewing after the tragedy. Oh, well, the guy that works for it, he worked for in, in Stockton's company. Oh, okay. But anyway, the, the point was we're wasting so much time exploring outer space when there's so much we don't know about the oceans, yet the oceans hold really the future to our existence. Yeah, that's you a guy. Know. I heard um, them. There's, you know, and obviously there's a point to that. It makes sense to me. Uh <sighs> The saddest story to me, though, is, you know, the father and son. Yeah. Shazada and Suleiman Dawood. The kid didn't want to go. 
He, he was 19 years old, going to school in Scotland. It was a Father's Day gift or something, and he told his dad and his mom and his family, I don't want to go. It makes me nervous. And then they said, oh, it'll be a good bonding thing with your father, and look at the result. On a serious note, not, not that that was... <laughs> well, that wasn't serious. <laughs> I was going to say, not that that wasn't serious. Um, did they have any indication, do you think... Was there any, like, hey, something's going wrong, or they heard a noise, and somebody, somebody said, what's that noise? And then that was it. You know what I mean? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. They, maybe they what's said, that noise, yeah. The way I heard it, they may have heard a creak and then died, like, instantly. The minute that thing gave way, their hearts would have just blown out of their chests because of the pressure. There would have been no suffering whatsoever. Unlike the suffering that happens to me on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 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 actually imploding slowly. This is what this is what I figure. The pressure is just so subtle, but it's happening every day. You know, and um, I hate to keep being serious about yeah. this while you're well, you pursue your <laughs> comedic angles. Your comedic, yes, you while you <laughs> try and insist on embarking <laughs> on a comedic. Excuse, excuse me, we've been away from each other for a few days, so I I have a lots of, I have lots of hilarity to catch up with you. You're imploding no, the, gradually. Thing I am imploding gradually. I'm a there, submersible that's slowly imploding. <laughs> The Titanic is in international waters. There's a move afoot now to just designate it as a burial ground and fuck off. There's no there's no there's no more you can get from it other than cheesy tourism. Like it's there. It's a burial ground. Nothing is, you know, eventually it's just going to dissolve, apparently. So what's your point that people shouldn't go down there? just shouldn't do it anymore there should be an international agreement now that okay it's over we've seen it we've got the film there's n- literally nothing more that can be taken from it so just leave them alone you know and a lot of the families are uh, feel that way you know ancestors of the people mm. i don't know if there's anything to that but you know why the, well the, the the thing is you're reminded that it's where it lays is isn't it kind of close to our coast because all those anchors were mispronouncing Newfoundland. They all kept calling it Newfoundland. Right. But yeah, is, the is closest landmass cl- is is Newfoundland, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's closer to us than anywhere but else. But international waters still. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh Dan Duran, what are your thoughts uh at this time about uh, anything that's been discussed? Oh well, the only thing we didn't mention is that I think they were, the, they were playing fast and loose with with safety. Yes, on that particular submersible. Fast and that, loose. That's, that's a disappointing part. Yeah, because they had built it. Uh, this Stockton Rush had uh, built it. By the way, this wasn't the first time it had gone down there. No, 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 no. And again, back to criticized, uh, people criticized. Yes, they did. Yeah. And back to Captain Grumpy, the guy that lived in the sea for five and a half years. That's bullshit. Uh, he didn't. Uh, there were lots of people talking about the efficacy of the, the craft. Well, that's it. And uh, they were saying, you know, like airplanes, as you know, Howard, obviously have to go through safety checks periodically. And apparently 
that didn't necessarily apply to this thing. And that question was raised, you know, how often did this thing really need to, to be brought in and have its, you know, its strength tested, basically. And maybe it didn't. Listen, you want me to get into this thing with four other people, crush into it, go two and a half miles down. And the guy is proud of the fact that a gaming control is used to control it. Like a, like a gaming control where the kids um, literally was used to take that thing down. Mm. And he's going there. And then somebody said to him when he was showing it and proud of it. Hey, isn't this neat? This is all we need to take this thing down. And I go, wow, I wouldn't get in that craft if yeah. that was the situation. <laughs> and, and somebody says, what if something goes wrong? He says, oh, we take four or five other ones with us. <laughs> like, would you get on an airplane if the pilot was interviewed by saying, uh, yeah, this and the only thing I need to do to fly this is my phone. Look, it's an app yeah. on my phone. <laughs> I just no. fly it off a phone. But even a, even that I'd feel more comfortable with. But it was literally something you would see on a coffee table. Like a controller. Yeah. 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 Um, well, there you go. There's the opening of the program. Uh, the news of the day uh, coming up. We'll talk about uh, unrest in Russia. And uh, we'll catch up with some of the stuff that's been going on in the Humble and Fred world. But Dan Duran, as you can tell if you're watching us on Facebook, and you're about to find out if you're just listening to the podcast, Dan Duran keeps moving around now. He go, You know where Dan, Dan goes where the work is? And right now, the work is in Stratford, Ontario. Yep. I'm uh, hitting the boards in Stratford. <laughs> that's right. Now, what people don't realize is Dan is a world-renowned craftsman and renovator. He's not, you should be on stage in like one of the Shakespeare plays wearing tights and holding a skull. Oh man, well, to, to wear tights and hold a skull. That's Is that Dan Duran holding a skull? No, that's just his wiener. But anyway, Dan, what are you doing uh, in Stratford? Uh, my friend Linda Cash was in a show that they put on here that, that was uh, really wildly received. It was a brand new show called... Uh, Casey and Diana and uh, Lisa and I came to see her and um, just got a contact through through uh, uh, through Linda. So Linda was in the show and uh, was is staying at this place where I'm at right now and uh, wanted to uh, say, hey, well, I know a guy that can uh, can help you out here, sort of get the the ball moving on on this little rental that he's doing. So I thought I'd come and you know experience Stratford for a little while, see what it's all about. It's a very beautiful little city, and uh, I've been enjoying uh, you know for a few days now since uh, since that show wrapped up. So nice restaurants and little pubs and bars, yeah. and uh, really the fo- you know it being a tourist destination, and very much so. It's yeah. it, it's a small downtown with mm-hmm. uh, like there was a lot of money here in the early days of Stratford came from there was a big rail ray, rail steam locomotive kind of repair shop here and also they made a lot of cabinetry around here mm. so the houses here are, are phenomenal just all the houses that you drive by even the wartime houses the one that i'm in right now is built in uh like the 30s or 40s somewhere in there and then uh there's older brick buildings that are just historic buildings all over the place this little town it's just just, it's amazing so you're in a little wartime house what's the idea for the people there is that like airbnb thing when people come in from out of town to um yeah mostly experience the theater Mm -hmm. yeah yeah this is mostly in actors there's an actor staying here as well who's in one of the shows and uh 
um, that's what they plan on doing with the with the other uh, suite that's being uh, built right now. You know, I've spent some time in Stratford over the last uh, five or six years with XGFR. Spent uh, yeah. Christmases there, and it's a beautiful town. I'd never uh, really been to it uh, that often prior, uh, but I do. I agree with you. It's a kind of a cool vibe, and you know, it's really a lot. See, it's a similar population to Moose Jaw, like thirty-five thousand people. But other than that sort of main area, there's not a whole lot going on there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's just it's the downtown. Built for the it's very, very cosmopolitan in the downtown core. Well, which is basically all there is as far as the business area. Yeah, it's like three it's blocks. Like, yeah, three or four blocks. Yeah, exactly. And then spanning out from there is the is the river, which is you know bulging for that that. Uh, it almost like your pants. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we've we've moved on from being serious. So the river's bulging. Yes, Dan. The river's got quite a bulge in it. Does. Yes. I mean. Remember, folks, we're 210 years old. The three of us. Um, do, have you been recognized over here? Have you been recognized? Do people walk up on the street and say, "Oh my God, it's Dan Duran"? Uh, no, yeah. not really. Well. Not here. You should, get, you should wear, wear your T-shirt that says, I'm Dan Duran, for crying out loud. Have you found a good coffee shop, Dan? Yeah, the original Balzacs. Original Balzacs. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, very famous. Found it already, yeah. Oh. Anyway, speaking of Balzac. <laughs> your original Balzac. <laughs> You're the original Balzac. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've never been to Stratford. I should check it out. Is it? Uh, does it seem like the type of place the Fred Man could be comfortable living in? Yes, actually, because there's nothing going on. See, Howard says that <laughs> you know there's not, not a lot going on. To some people, that's actually attractive, Howard. Mm-hmm. I think you. Well, if you've I never listen. Been I, here, you should do a little. Yeah, you should, if you've never been there, you should yeah. check it out. It's uh, yeah, very beautiful. Uh, Rachel's parents have lived there. Uh, there There's all kinds f- of for a long shows time. On. I, I, no, I was going to say, and it's a, it, the community is very, very sweet. And um, like I said, I've stayed there multiple times. There's really nice restaurants. Uh, besides the theater, there's lots of s- sort of stuff you can little craft shops there on Main Street, and as you say, Dan, some historic buildings. And uh, you know, and one show very, I haven't seen yet that I want to is Spamalot. I've never seen that show. Neither have I. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I think I've seen. Is, did they make it into a movie? Do I feel like I've seen the movie? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, it's, it's based on the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's yeah, the movie. That movie. Maybe I've seen that. Mm-hmm. We t- we used to take our kids to the Odd Stratford show when they were little. We took them to. Did you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, we took I them several times. Actually, it was like a day trip oh. for the family. Oh. Hmm. That's nice. No, that's very nice. We thought so. You know, mm-hmm. we thought it was a nice thing to do for our children, and look how they've turned out—little oddballs that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's a good segue to uh, to play the little Spencer thing. Yes, oh, the Spencer thing is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the you know it's been quite the I'm I calling it the summer of Spencer because it's been quite the run for Spenny. Who uh, has been, who has been, you know, to be honest, you know, everyone's families are different. And Spencer's been sort of living in the shadow of her sister and the dog and the career and New York and all this stuff. And then the last few months, it's all been coming up Spencer, including the fact that Spencer's about to leave this week to spend two months in New York uh, studying at a um, uh, 
kind of a sketch uh, comedy school, all the while working in a the theater. It's a whole thing that they're doing. Um, how do I describe this? This is like uh, a thing on Instagram. And I sent it to you guys so you've seen it. But basically, you know, Spencer does these little stories, as they call that, Instagram stories. I, I guess. Think, yeah. I and, uh, and, you know, and I was talking to Freddie about it before the show, you know, and the Spencer's was kind of taken a while to kind of find her, their voice. And, um, but the last few years, you can kind of, you know, Spencer's 23, 24, 25, starting to find things that are of this time for kids her age that that are i know i'm not explaining this well help me out if you can uh yeah yeah well yeah i honestly can't really speak to it i don't even know instagram and stuff like that other than you know it's the opportunity to express your creativity expose your creativity and a lot of people do most you know 99 percent is cheesy and silly and not worth the time but then you get the one percent like this um how else would you set that up so this is a clip of spencer doing an impression she, spencer says it's not her mom but it is her mom we all know randy and this is basically not not even so much randy's voice but randy's spencer's doing an impression of randy's point of view oh and it's all about uh that's a good way of putting it yeah it's all about uh Gay Pride, which just happened uh, in Toronto this past weekend. Gay Pride is so important to my family. We're very excited. We're going to go down to the parade, me and my daughter and a little girlfriend. And it's so cute. They're both women. And at first I'm thinking, gross. But then I got into it and I understand it now. And as long as my baby is happy, we're going to have pride. Okay? Moms for pride. I'm a mom. I'm a gay mom. I'm not gay, of course, but I'm the mom of a gay, and so I'm a gay mom because we're very proud of our daughters no matter what. You know, even if they're dykes or they're butchers or whatever they are, we're just so happy that they're happy, and so we feel pride. You know, I had an assistant that was gay. I had no idea. We just thought she was normal. Honey, she's cute. Oh, not your type. Great, because I pointed her out, but if you had picked her, then she'd be the one. No, anything I like, you don't like. But, you know, go ahead. Be independent. The situation, obviously, we're not, we don't partake ourselves because, you know, we're very, we, I love men. Listen, I love men and I don't get it. But I am happy for her and I support her no matter what. Heidi, she's a they. No, she's a they. Listen, she's a they. My daughter's a they. There's one thing I know about my daughter is that she slays. No mistakes, I'm on the And I said to Spencer, I said, that is so your mom. Well, that's not really mummy. I said, that is so your mom. I had does, an assistant does once. Does Randy have a friend named Heidi? <laughs> yes. Huh? Of course she does. <laughs> oh, well, oh, yeah. It's not your mom. It was so funny. <laughs> my favorite. Though. I had an assistant once. We, she, we just thought she was normal. That is so my no, ex-wife. And that, 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 it's a great visual oh, at yeah. the end. You really have to see it to, to know what she was talking about there. And um, But yeah. in the background, there's Randy. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause going Randy. about her business, hardly even paying attention no, to what's I know. going on. That's very quite funny. comical. Quite comical. No, that, 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 is, that is so random. They're a they. They're a they. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, so that's Spencer. Uh, there's another thing I picked out. Uh, speaking of people that do stuff on Instagram, this is um, now I've been trying to find jokes I thought you guys would like because they're dad mm-hmm. jokes. Okay. But I found somebody who's doing a joke 
It's a dad joke because it's about their dad. And I thought you two would appreciate this. Have a listen. Just a little bit about me. I don't uh, do jokes about people with disabilities, so that's what you came to hear. I'm sorry. Uh, the reason I don't do that is because my dad, he actually had dyslexia so bad that he killed himself. Yeah. It was actually supposed to be a murder-suicide, but he did the second part first. <laughs> that's a funny fucking joke. Peace and rest. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought you'd I thought you'd find that funny. May he peace and rest. It was supposed to be a murder suicide, but he did the second part first. <laughs> Fuck that made me laugh. So there you go. There's a little uh, humor uh, for this program. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Spencer's going away for a couple months, and Charlie, Dan's goddaughter, is going to Iceland this weekend for a couple of days and then off to Switzerland for a week with her buddy. Nice. Wasn't she already in? Yeah, she's been Iceland. Well, she went to Iceland with me in 2016 and a lot of kids, and then she went back again with her friend, but a lot of kids do it on their way to places now because you can go and hang out for a couple of days mm-hmm. as a touch, as I guess, a, a, you know, a point along the way. So this is Charlie's third time. And then Charlie's coming back to Toronto for a couple of days and then going to go live in New York, uh, where Charlie works, with Spencer for a couple weeks just to help Spencer get settled. So that's why I said, Dan, your room is back available if you need it. All right. Well, I'll come in and hang out a little bit. You should. I, I miss the chair. <laughs> that's right. The massage chair that you have. Oh, I don't care yeah. about you so much, but that chair. That's that chair right. and I are in love. Well, the chair misses you too, Dan. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, what did you did? You guys have fun, and you like you're a week and a little bit off of the show here. You, did you go out and you know enrich your souls and find the way? I know my uh, week was taken up with an ailing French bulldog, so uh, I was pretty much tied to the house because Danny was traveling. Um, so we had the dog who had to be monitored constantly for the runs and not re-injuring his back. So, And tell uh, Dan what your schedule was with uh, Dougie the dog. Well, it's just, you know, the vet had said, you know, keep activity down for two to three weeks. So every time we had to carry him down the stairs to go to the backyard, to go to the washroom and make sure he didn't run up the stairs and at night put him in a crate and then wake up to see if, you know, he needed to go out. Uh, the first couple of nights up like at two and four and six because he had the runs until his stomach, uh, you know, settled down with the medication that he was on. And yeah, it was um, it was that quite the like ordeal. A, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like is it? I'm mm-hmm. sorry, that dog is a high-energy dog. Yes. I was going to say, that's kind of like what I had to do with you, Dan, when you lived there. <laughs> you know, he, he is and he isn't. But as I said, he's very, very obedient. Danny's done a good job, so you can just say, no, Dougie. And he'll just stop dead in his track. So if he wasn't obedient, it would have been a lot worse. But again, you know, it's like you go out the front door and he runs around. He wants to jump on a uh, on a chair and watch you walk down the driveway so he had to make sure then when you're going out somebody hold on to Dougie so he doesn't do that and on and on and on and Poor yesterday thing. I'm in the backyard I start cheering all the kids are here in the pool 
And uh, I started cheering. They said, what, Dad, what? And he had his first solid bowel movement in about a week. (laughs) (laughs) Really? And I was, like, thrilled. And Danny's golfing. So I took a picture of it, and I sent it to him immediately. Because just a dog having the runs is, like, you know, it's it's exhausting. It is exhausting. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that was my week. Uh, and, and, listen, and listen, happy to do it because I love the dog. I love my son. And things happen in our families and lives that you deal with. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Dan, I, uh, my week was filled with anguish and uh, self-loathing, as usual. <laughs> um, but I did want to say, as, as a segue, because I, I had written this down, and I didn't know when we would have a, a minute to talk about this. But we've talked about it before. But I have uh, recently, over the last couple of weeks, rediscovered the wonder that is Metamucil. Now, are you still taking it, Fred, every so often? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Because you were taking it for a while, yes. right? Yes. Yes, yeah. I was. I had gone through a period, and I can't explain why. You know, my stomach's been uh, not great over the last few years. But uh, for a, a while there in uh, May, I was, uh, Dan, I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really pleased with what was uh, being eliminated. Not regular? Well, I was regular, but it was, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, solid as a rock. Oh, right. And like a dog. Like, mm-hmm. like Dougie. Well, I'm not sure you want it solid as a rock, but you know I, what I'm I, saying. I get your point. You know what I'm saying. Okay. Jesus, yeah. solid Come as on a now. rock, that'd rip your arsehole. Yeah, but what was so coming back on the minute? Wait, <laughs> what was coming out looked like it had been blown to smithereens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. I was like, uh, every day was like uh, something had uh, imploded. Anyway, I remembered, I don't know, I remembered, I just thought maybe I'll try it for a while. And I got to tell you, whatever they're doing with that, the the Metamucil people have figured it out. That's all I want to say, Dan. I know your body works like a fucking German uh, time machine. Yeah, but Metamucil isn't, Metamucil is for constipation. No, it's not. It's to, no, 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 it's It's fiber. It's It's fiber. fiber. It's for, it's for firming. It's to firm a stool. It's not for oh, okay. constipation. No, no, no. Is there another brand name that you can eat, though? Because Metamucil, may, it, it just ages you. When, you. when you bring up Metamucil, it just seems like you're an old person. Well, I am an old person. <laughs> well, God, I, have, and God, I have news for you. So are you. Okay. So how do you a, take I have a picture of the two of us that sits above my uh, sink there in the kitchen. That's a constant reminder <laughs> that you and I used to be a lot younger. Yeah, I know that picture. That okay, picture is so, 40 years old. So how do you take your Metamucil? Is, do you got a recipe? I take it every day with my greens. I have a mixture of greens that I put in a large glass, and I drink that while I'm also uh, eating my supplements and my beta blocker. <laughs> How's that for the world's oldest sentence? Wow. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm confused here because I when I took Metamucil, it was for I didn't think I was... I just felt backed up, and that's how it helped me. So I always thought it was um, like a remedy for the higher fiber was for if you were constipated. No, hey Fredman, like, it might. Why be. was I taking it? Because you, <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. It may have an element to okay. it for constipation. I'm just telling you. Okay. That the last you asked me what I did in my holidays, Dan. I was having. <laughs> I, mean, so, yeah. I was having superb. 
eliminations. That's all I want to say. Way, Metamucil goes both ways. It's fiber. Fiber just does that. So, you know, it's, it, it, it okay. cures both Thank problems. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Well, geez, yeah. it's, the, it's, it's the wonder drug. <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> those people are doing, keep on yeah. doing it, Metamucil. Right. Keep Did on. You, so you, were, you weren't uh, in the diarrhea zone then. So you weren't like on the golf course looking for whatever, you know, hole you could evacuate. Whatever that were. I thought it would be funny, though. You are now entering the diarrhea zone. Uh, please be careful. <laughs> no, I, when, was, um, I, I wasn't. I will tell you this. It wasn't great. I'm just, kidding, I'm just being honest. Being real, man. When um, Dougie first had his problems with his back and then was on some medication and then Danny had to take him back to the vet one day because he was really concerned about his diarrhea. Like it was shooting out like a water cannon. And he was in the vet's office one day, and he's thinking, oh, geez, Dougie's been a while. Anyway, Dougie lets go right in the in the, uh, office. the waiting room of the yeah. office. Nice. Dan- Danny sends us a picture of this all down his leg and his on his white socks and his running shoe. <laughs> Wait a minute. Doug, Doug was wearing, Dougie the dog was wearing running shoes? Oh, Danny. He just... He just <laughs> Yeah. Oh, poor boy. So of course, he had to take a picture and send us. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I think we're all up today. We should probably get into the uh, the meat of this program. Dan Duran's news coming up now. Oh, uh, about 25 minutes. And that's how this show works. We also uh, like to acknowledge the people that support us, that help us uh, bring you this program. Yes, like the retirement Sherpa, Tim, a portfolio manager, a Raymond James, a member of the uh, Canadian Investors uh, Protection Fund. Uh, Tim will be by on Wednesday, of course, for his weekly update. Uh, this week, he's going to talk about a scenario. Uh, he met last week with a long-term client who had a health situation and stressful workplace. This person wanted to know what if they were tired before they had planned. So Tim sat down with this person and did a perspective or whatever, you know, and laid it out. Okay, you were going to retire at this point. This was going to be your situation. You want to go early. Here is your situation anyway. The long and the short of it, you know what? She's going to be able to retire sooner than she thought and get away from the stress. Just another indication of what the retirement Sherpa is all about and a guy that, you know, gives you the guidance you need to map out your golden years. The retirementsherpa.ca. May want to check the uh, Sherpa and ask him about AaronVentures.com or Boron One is how it's traded. If you're interested in the world of boron, it may be boring, but it's not boring in terms of what they're doing, trying to get boron out of the earth. Only a few places on the planet where it's commercially viable. Aaron Ventures has got one of them. And what they're trying to do is increase mineral reserves by developing current properties, this being one. Through the acquisition of additional mining projects, it's all adding up to something you might be interested in, your portfolio. Get your Sherpa or our Sherpa to check out AaronVentures.com. Howard, uh, Howard, while we're away, something else that sort of slipped through the cracks and never really got a chance to comment on it. And I I think it's very important uh, because uh, what an evil son of a bitch and bastard prick he was hiding behind the Bible and spreading his hate. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, passed away. Not uh, what's his name? Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson. Yeah, yeah. He was a bad guy. Oh, just a filthy 
piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so nice, you know, and the world became a better place the day he died. So, uh, again, I'm sure if we'd have been doing shows around that time, we would have discussed it. But I didn't want to let that opportunity to go by Mm. without expressing what a vile, disgusting, useless human being he was. Full of hate, anti-gay, you know, anti-choice, like, you name it, right down the list. And then hiding behind his... You know, his Bible. Yeah, not only all the... Yeah, no, I totally agree. Not only the horrible, horrible things that came out of his stupid face, but at the same time, raising money off just simple... Just simple folks out there in the world who, for whatever reason, decided that this book written by peasants who had no idea why the sun comes up every day they put their trust in it and that's their choice but mm-hmm. the fact that this guy knew he was bilking them out of millions hundreds of millions of dollars he was the yeah. original well, there's lots of guys after him that kenneth copeland guy and that other slick uh he's got his own channel on sirius joel olsen that's who i'm talking about yeah. but but pat robertson was one of the originals mm-hmm. so you've you've made a very good point I'm only piggybacking on it by the fact that he raised money off simpletons. Mm -hmm. And the last time I said, you know, the world uh, became a better place. And this is a funny story. The world became a better place when someone died is when Rush Limbaugh died. The day Mm. he died, the world got better. It just did. Along the same lines, evil in a different way. Just a bastard. You know, they're having a problem. He's buried in St. Louis, Missouri, I guess that was his hometown. He's got a big headstone. They're having problems, people pissing on his uh, headstone. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. Oh, yeah. That's funny. And I'm thinking, that's that's amazing. Like, honestly, if I was in St. Louis and having to see, I'd want to piss on it. Take a too. piss on Rush Limbaugh's grave, exactly. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I would love to do that. But apparently now they've had to put security cameras and everything up. But, hey, how's that for a legacy? It's it's become the thing to do. Piss on your grave. That's Super. really funny. Well done, Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I want to get to. Uh, I've got some uh, video audio of the Trump interview. I know it, it depends if we have time today. I can wait till tomorrow. Also, um, there's another interview they did on Fox that I wanted to talk to you about because I'd wondered if you'd seen it. The Brett Bear. That's the one I'm talking. Well, that's the one with oh, Trump, yeah. Brett Bear, yeah. who turns out to be. You know, not a knucklehead. No. But I've got some audio of that. It's fantastic. But but there was another interview with one of the other evildoers there at Fox that I'd wondered if you'd seen. I want to get to that after this particular subject now, which is uh, we don't really uh, mess too much with our Facebook page. Toronto Mike is the one that handles it. And, you know, when I say, I mean, every day I put the show on live, but after that, I really don't go to the sh- Facebook much. I don't, I, I know you're off social media completely, but I'm off Facebook almost com- exclusively. So when you told me about this thread that had started, I thought we should talk about it because uh, we were off last week. And by last week, I mean like three days. We're going to be off again next week. And by next week, I mean two days because Monday's the, uh, the stat. And then we're going to be off again for a couple days. So let's begin by saying this. Of all the podcasts, other than Toronto Mike, who pumps that stuff out every day, four days a week, amazing. But for the last 12 years, you know, most podcasts that are very popular, the ones that are the top at the 
comedy charts that we're on, they do once a week. We continue well into our 60s doing pretty regular shows. So please uh, take the ball. Uh, well, I, I, I guess Mike put up a posting yesterday, said, like this post if you want live Hummel and Fred tomorrow morning, which was cool because, again, we're off last week and the week before. Again, I had a bit of a, on the Monday morning, a bit of a family crisis, well, the dog crisis, so we couldn't do the show. We only did two shows then. So over the past couple of weeks, we've only done a couple of shows. That's the deal. Plus the email um, show. Don't forget that. We've, Plus we've, the email yeah, show. So we've put out some original content like three uh-huh. days a, a week for the last couple of weeks versus four days a week. And over the past few years, we've had to deal with this. And it's just it's frustrating. Um, but it's frustrating because it's just not fair. And I don't really know what the answer is. Anyway, the first post, Jim Valentine, I'm pretty much stopped listening. Never know when they are on anymore. And then he goes on to say, it's definitely evolved from a podcast into a show and now back to a podcast fair. However, there was a time when I looked forward to the regularity of the show because I was interested in their unique take on local and world events, as well as some of the regulars uh, who were on the show. Um, But basically, he's a little annoyed with the fact that we have from time to time take days off so i mean we've created this monster right just based on what you said most podcasts are once a week or maybe twice a week the very fact that we have this regularity once we pull back from that a bit it becomes an issue Uh, and really we don't know what the solution is for that (laughs) and 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 there's lots of great comments lots of people were happy to have us back uh, of course, you and I being you and I focus on the one negative. And, and to be fair to Jim, he's a mm-hmm. big fan. Uh, and yeah, what's what's interesting. Yeah, he's, he says nothing is forever. And I've recently stopped bothering to even check because I assume the boys are not live today. And there's a whole other issue. There's live and then the podcast and the podcast gets a lot more action than the live. Way more. To be honest. But, but that's yeah. what I want to say. Like Jim seems to be. And the other thing that's nice, the point I was going to make a, a second ago is that so many of the audience, Chris Kay and a few others, Tanya Hutton and a few others come to our defense and actually debate Jim on this, which I find funny. But we only do the show live on Facebook as a bit of a throwback to us being live on other radio stations through our career. We don't even, to be honest, the Facebook is just a, an afterthought. It's kind of a holdover from when we were doing the show on radio, on Twitch. At one point, we were doing it you know, as a radio show that became a podcast, but we're a podcast now. And Jim... You're free to download the show any day that we do it, which, as I said at the beginning of this, is more days than most podcasts produce. You know, I guess I can't think of anyone other than Mike that produces this regular number of programs per week. The bottom line is the Jim's. I think it's great that Jim made this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. And I think it's nice that others others came to uh, our uh, defense or not defense, but sort of tried to make the point. Um, in the end, we're we're producing shows, and again, it's summertime, and uh, there's a few golf tournaments, and you want to spend some time up north as as other people do. And we have um, Toronto Mike is hosting the Hundy P Spotlights, and so there's lots of material in the humble and Fred world. Our sponsors are cool with it because you know we're not doing. We, we give them per show uh, rates, so they only get charged per show. 
Yeah, and you know, in the old days, we're on the radio. Um, when we would go on holiday, somebody would fill in for us. So yes. It was just sort of a different beast, a different feel. People still got a morning show. But, you know, Humble and Fred are away, but they still got their music and whatever hilarity might be offered by the fill-in mm. person. With podcast, it's sort of not that it's vacant here, because, again, we do um, the email show and Mike sometimes does those highlights of Humble and Fred listeners. But it's it's just it's just a different beast now. And, you know, through this summer, yeah, we're going to be taking more time off. But on the flip side of that, look what we did for you. Like, you know. I was in the Dominican. You were in um, Mexico. Mexico, and then I was Mexico. in Mexico, and then you came to where I was in Mexico, or I came to where you were in Mexico. We still did shows for you. Just think about what we did for you. Waltzed away in these places. We still did shows for you. <laughs> yes, we right. could have said, no, I'm in Mexico. I'm in Dominican. I'm not doing any shows. I don't do no. shows. No, we did this for you. We pump it out. Uh, here's somebody. Um saying, I want Humble and Fred from 1992. I miss that vibe. Oh, yeah. I mean, you mean when we were talking for four minutes at a time in between seven songs? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, uh, thanks again to Jim Valentine. Not to, We didn't mean to call you out. We did want to explain no, no. why. Mm-hmm. When we do that, by the way, Jim, we have this conversation every summer. Every summer, and, and because we're two conservative guys and i don't mean politically although probably a little more than most but we're we're just brought up to not feel guilty about taking time off but we've just been programmed our whole lives to only take a few weeks off a year and now that we're taking more time we feel the need to explain so that's why okay we're guilt ridden we are guilt ridden hey um Mm -hmm. i know we uh we got a little backed up as we often do uh, so let's um, let's uh, go back to uh, talking about a little bit uh, about somebody who uh, is very supportive of us. Yeah, like, the Chambers Plan. Yes, thank Canada's you. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chambers Plan, ahead of the curve all the time. Uh, they've come up with the Mental Health Navigator Program. Expert guidance when you need it. The Mental Health Navigator uh, Program offers a guidance and navigation to members with a mental health condition seeking an expert opinion. They'll direct you right to that person. Also, the My Health, or uh, excuse me, My Strength app, okay? Uh, this is the multi-conditional digital mental health health offering that addresses both clinical and subclinical conditions, you know, like stress, okay? Uh, 13 focus areas, depression, stress, anxiety, they can help you in real time, so you get you get onto that uh, app when you become a member, and uh, it really is very helpful in these stressful times. It's the Chambers Plan, chamber, chamberplan.ca. You know, I play quite a bit of golf. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. And pl- the last uh, two and a half weeks is the most I've played in years just because of the uh, number of tournaments. There hasn't been a lot of days off. And what I've been taking advantage of and would like to pass on to you is something called the Stretch Lab. And the down the walking can. 
Let me see if the uh, song is Rubber Band Man. You get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Improve your sports performance. Increase your range of motion and flexibility. Reduce muscle and joint pain. Reduce stretch stress. And improve your posture. All of these are available with a flexologist, a guided stretch that lasts about 50 minutes. I promise you this. It's not like a massage. It's not like going to the Cairo. It's not like getting acupuncture. It really is a unique experience that I'd like you to take a test drive. When you get off that table, you do feel different. And I'm going to tell you for somebody that is putting a lot of uh, repetitive stress on their body, I've been going pretty regularly and I'd like to pass this on to you. So forget about uh, joining for long term. At first, why don't you try this out? $55 for a 50 minute introductory stress. They give you a stretch. They give you an assessment and then they sort of will tailor the stretch to your range of motion and flexibility needs. It's there at stretchlab.com. So I mentioned the, uh, we both saw the Brett Bayer thing, but I was wondering, I was going to send you a note. Or maybe I did. I can't remember. I send you notes all the time. To, uh, and I'm not sure if Julie Fleming, who is our main uh, Fox correspondent, Julie is somebody that sends us notes every day about stuff that she finds about Trump. She hates Trump like we do. There was an interview, though, on Fox with Sean Hannity interviewing the man who I think will one day be the president of the United States of America and not a moment too soon. He's a fellow named Gavin Newsom. You know who he is. He's the governor of Mm -hmm. California. Mm -hmm. And it really is a unique interview because he lets... Did you see it, by the way? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I thought of it, and then you tell me what you thought of it. I thought it was a rare... Hannity interview where somebody played Hannity to perfection. He let Hannity spew his nonsense and just calmly and coolly refuted and rebuked or whatever that is, debated it in such a manner that even Hannity, even Hannity at the end had a had to sort of begrudgingly give the guy the respect, which is rare, a rare Hannity moment. He, I, here's what I said to somebody. I said, Gavin Newsom, he's like the white Obama. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It, it, and, you know, it, he used that tact, too, where you just take ownership of stuff and then there's no debate. Like, remember Newsom during COVID, he was caught at that dinner party or whatever. Yep. Couple of days before, he had said, "Everybody, stay home. Don't do this." And then he was caught at this dinner party, and it was outdoors and everything. And he just said, "Hannah, he was wrong. That was a stupid move on my part." Next, <laughs> yeah. What do you say to that? Other than then, Hannity can go back and say, "Well, why would you? Why would you tell people uh, to stay inside?" And then you didn't. Yeah, it was a mistake, Sean. Yeah. Um, when he talked to him about homelessness or the the problem in San Francisco, yeah, he and, and Newsom was like, "Yeah, I own it." I own that, and we got to do better. But it was just the way he handled him made me think of Obama and his graciousness and his his ability his his intellect, but his ability to be kind when using it. But he didn't take any he didn't take any shit from Hannity. But he just he engaged him in a way that you rarely see 
And at the very end, that's why even Hannity said, well, you know, I got to respect that. And I was like, wow. And how, listen, you're Gavin Newsom. How, it took a lot of balls to get up on that stage on Fox with that guy. Yeah. It really would. I mean, you know, look at Donald Trump when he went on CNN. It had to be Katie Caitlin or Caitlin Collins or yeah. Yeah, Caitlin Collins because he knew he could control her. He wasn't going to get up there with uh, Jim Acosta or, um, you know, uh, the, to, to Jake, Jake Trapper, Tapper, Jake Tapper. He's not going to get up on the stage. He does. He's a coward. He's not going to do that. And uh, so for Newsom to do that, you know, I've got to believe. And I think we touched on this with Tony. I got to believe there is they have to behind the scenes of the Democratic Party work on a contingency plan because I'm sorry. And again, as much as I can't stand Trump and don't want him to be president again, you know, you can see the deterioration in in Biden on a a monthly basis. You just can't like there's no use pretending that's not the case. It's the case, Um, you know, in this. Since this latest indictment I see this morning, like Trump's numbers have gone up again. Yeah. But that's within the GOP and, you know, delegates within, you know, states where, you know, you might question the overall intelligence of the people that those polls poll. Um, but, you know, it's concerning. Yeah, I'd say. There's got to be. Listen, we're talking a year from November. And then Joe Biden's going to be president again for another four years until he's like 86. Yeah. And I don't care. You know, there's deterior and I don't care about any of that deterioration. It still won't be Donald Trump who, you know, through this indictment, the more you read about it, you know, it's not about documents. It's about national security. Look at the way he betrayed the people of the United States of America for his own interests because he wanted to be the man with the information, not not accepting the fact he was no longer president. He's on everybody in that country and they still he still has that amazing following and that's the thing that i find fascinating as a takeaway from all of what you just said and i i I obviously thought the same thing which was no matter and you keep you keep thinking this no matter what donald Mm -hmm. trump does i know we're segueing this because i've got Mm -hmm. some audio no matter what he does or says there's just this percentage of people that will not give up this and 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 you've said it and I've said it. I don't know what it's based in. Is it racism? Is oh, it yeah. is it just the 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 clinging to a life to a to a style of America that doesn't exist anymore because uh-huh. it doesn't. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, that's the part that I just couldn't understand. Like his poll numbers are steady or rising. Mm-hmm. That that there's and, and and again I've said this part which I find confounding confusing actually which is you know if you had a friend who who was one of those people who's like well it's never their fault at some point something has to be their fault is there nothing those people ever think that just maybe maybe this is a the wrong side to be on like how exhausting it must be to constantly have to defend this man because that's what you have to do yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I think a lot of it's based on intolerance, like border and, you know, Muslims. And because I'll tell you, whenever you, who's that guy from The Daily Show that does a great job of? Jordan Klepper. And I, 
Did I send you one, another one recently? Mm-hmm. You know, the Muslim thing keeps coming up all oh, yeah. the time. Like, still. And, you know, still. So that's the basis of it. You know, there's this conservative retired federal judge has come out now. Yes. And what's his name? Uh, I have calls, it here. He calls, you know, the GOP spineless in a scathing rebuke of Trump. And again, this is another guy that was a hardcore conservative. Michael Luttig. Uh, yeah. And by the, again, Julie Fleming, thank you very much for keeping us in the loop. Appreciate you. So now he has come out and said, America, like, what are we doing? Look at what this, you know, and he, he, you know, and he runs down the list of what Trump has done against the very people that are devoted to him. Like, what is wrong? Like, like, how do you explain it? I don't it's, know, man. But again, when you ever, you know, those rallies and whenever they do the interviews, it's just the it's the stereotypical dunderhead yank that that's there. And, and they're just in huge numbers. But again, even at that point, when you figure he had 75 million votes, how many we'd get in the next election? And you know what his poll numbers are? There's a lot of like unlikely people sitting in the weeds going, yeah, Donald, yeah, Donald, they'll never admit it. But deep down, they like it. And again, for all those reasons, the intolerance, the racism, because they must harbor some of that. Well, and those people, back to uh, Pat Robertson. Mm-hmm. May he rest not in peace. I have, uh, they're, they're the typical, as you call them, dunderhead yanks, but the same. those are the same constituents that were sending, that send Pat Robertson money and... Mm-hmm. Right. What's his face? Joel Osteen and what's the other fucking Douglas Copeland. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I have empathy for them. You have to because whatever world they live in, they're not getting the information that they don't get a lot of outside information. Mm-hmm. They they read conservative papers. They watch Fox News. All their friends are talking the same talk. They're part of the same cult. You know, I have a clip here somewhere of... Uh, Another conservative praising praising Hitler, basically saying, you know, Hitler got some things right, which is, you know, they're yeah. so worried about the indoctrination of education. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying, in order to stop educators indoctrinating our children into the worlds of into the world of trans, gay, and whatever this, you know, this uh, like I saw this great uh, meme saying, you know. You know, drag time, drag, drag queen story time has killed zero children versus, you know, AR-15s and bullshit. But they're so worried about that that they think that what they need to do is take over education and, and, and do what Hitler did, which is basically, you know, not allow any outside thought. Mm-hmm. So this is where they're at there in uh, 2023. Although uh, since that Brett Bear interview, I have noticed uh, we haven't heard much from Donald. His lawyers must have. What? few lawyers he has he can't even put a team together because they look at it and go the only what the only thing that's going to save you is the presidency so you might want to shut up yeah <laughs> yeah that's right you just might want to shut up and shut let this thing face. ride oh yeah because the more you talk the more the chances are that you're going to be Convicted. And once convicted, that might be enough. You you think it would be. But but well, we don't know, but it might be. 
Because I'll tell you one thing. This Jack Smith guy, mm-hmm. Trump ain't never been up against a guy like him. You know, Donald Trump has been in court for 50 years. Mm-hmm. But he's never been up against a guy like this Jack Smith character. Um, yeah, so I've just noticed over the past several days uh, that we haven't heard a lot from him. So finally, because the Brett Bear thing, he, like he's... he. He just he he hangs himself. He just he admits that uh, all the he admits what he did. Yeah, like it's bizarre. Now I don't have that clip, the one you're talking about. But what I do have is a clip, and it's it's I won't play the whole thing. But what I want to this will be. And by the way, everyone, just just to know, just so you know, we're about to get off Trump. But this is world news. I don't have to explain. But what I want to play for you is a clip of Trump. Who, as we know, we've, we've, we've read books, we've had people on the news, we've read articles where he was completely aware that the election was not stolen. He's been told mm-hmm. that a thousand times by credible people in his world. Mm-hmm. And yet here he is. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot. Okay, you let's know, get that straight. I won. Which he knows is a lie, but he... Mm-hmm. he he still says it. On in twenty twenty. You know that this, And if you look at all of the tapes, if the you look at shows. everything that you want to look and at And Brett Baer to his credit is going, mm-hmm. that's not true. That's mm-hmm. not true. You take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes mm-hmm. on tapes, or Mr. let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about all, the Hunter Biden. Well, no. See, he just says these things. There's, there's nothing to that, but he says it so that his base will have, and then they start saying it. All that's cheating fair on things, the election. But that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brad, uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant right, widespread We're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes. Widespread cast. corruption. There was not. What's that for any? Real recap. Yeah. We tried to get real recaps. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of Freddy, judges, Freddy. judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. Is, Wisconsin has practically admitted it was rigged. Other states are doing the same right now, and it's continuing. There have been a of every election. potential case of voter fraud in six battleground states, and they found fewer than 475 cases. You know why? Because they didn't effective. look at the right things. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> And if they didn't look at the right things, anybody with a brain would look at that and say something's wrong with this guy. That's the other thing. Something obviously is amiss with this human being. And yet he can sit like like I remember looking at that thinking, you know, there's just never a time in this man's life where he ever can just kind of say, okay, we're going to move on from that. Like why? Why? If any normal person would be okay. I tried that tact. It's not working because the whole point of this conversation was, what are you going to say to people who aren't your base to get them back? I know, but Howard, it is. It seems to be working. You know what I mean? Look at those poll numbers. I mean, he's far and away. I mean, job one is to get the nomination. So it's working. It's working with Republicans. But the the point of that conversation was, what are you going to do to get independent voters who who are going to try to win the actual presidency? Hey, the con man, the flim flam man, once he gets the nomination, well, then he'll that will be the next. Who knows what's up his sleep? Who knows? No, you're right. 
But a lot of people have, have been saying, too, he never, through all of this, no issues. He doesn't talk about any issues whatsoever. No, you're it's right. It's all about him. Um, there was another part of that interview where Brett Bear runs down all the people he hired and then fired and insulted on the way out the door. And there's a list of about 10 of them, Bill Barr and Millie mm-hmm. and, and um, I, I forget, all, the, all these people that when he introduced them as hiring them, bringing them, bringing them into the administration, said all these wildly wonderful things about them. And then soon after, you know, he's a, you know, Bill Barr's a fat pig and uh, oh, yeah. this other guy's insane and this guy's a mental <laughs> case. This guy was the worst general ever. And then Brett Barr says, so... If all these people are so undesirable and incompetent, why did you hire them to begin with? And you know what his answer was? Yeah. Ten to one, I hired good people. That was his answer. Oh, yeah, but ten to one, I hired great people. (laughs) And the thing is, you know, and and again, those people that you see interviewed, again, those dunderheads, the people with the Trump T-shirts and the, you know, and the God bless America and all that stuff. You can understand there's no hope for those people, but nope. those there's a there is a swath in the middle of if you and I met them, normal people that still, you know, even closet support this guy. It's like, what? Why? Like, what? Like, don't you feel foolish that you're still being sucked in by this guy? Because you're being sucked in. Well, I don't, that's the point is I don't there's a there's a group of people. Let's okay, let's forget the zealots, the, the people that are saying people that are giving money to religious organizations. But there's a group of people that aren't being sucked in. They're not, but they don't care. There's a group of people that are because of the fact that they don't want they're so anti-Biden, anti-Democratic, anti-whatever that wokeism that they don't care how foolish and nonsensical this buffoon is because that's what he is. I watched that whole interview. And by the way, I know, folks, that we sometimes get off on a Trump tangent, but it would wor- be worth your while to watch this lunatic it's about a 20-minute interview. I was very impressed with Brett Bayer. I don't really know much about him, but he seems to be the new voice of reason on that channel because he, he wasn't taking... He's not like that Levine idiot. He was taking none of it. Mm-hmm. He, he was being respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was having none of it. Yeah. Anyway. And it's funny, sometimes mid-afternoon and I'm flipping around and it's... You know, J.D. Roberts, you know, chum, much music and chum jock. And I think years ago we had him on the show. I've lost some respect for him because he, you know, he sings that tune that's a bit tiresome, a bit. And and listen, a job is a job is a job. And I'm sure he's well paid and blah, blah, blah. But to me, the whole it's sort of un-Canadian to be that way. You know, it's like Joe Warmington going on Tucker Carlson and dissing Canada and dissing Trudeau. And it's like, I don't like Trudeau either, but don't go on that network and diss this country. What's for, you t- for your own profile. Although I don't, what is John, what's his vibe there? I don't really watch him much. Who? JD. Well, he's on the desk, but everything is spun from that Republican Dem suck point of view. And again, it's not over the top. He's not necessarily a commentator. But no. The way they deliver the news, I'm looking at him thinking, do you, John, you know that. He knows the true. difference. He knows you know this is that's not true. Not yeah, yeah, true. I see what you mean. 
you know, and Theron Fleury going on there on Tucker Carlson and dissing Canada. You're like your country, which is so much better than that country. And you want to be like them. And it's like even like like Joe Warmington. I used to like that guy. And it's like, what? What are you doing? Wasn't he the night scrawler at one time? Oh, yeah. We used to have him on the show from time to time. <laughs> and, and, and I will say this, too, because if Trump is ever reelected, becomes president and, you know, he's pardons himself and all that stuff that's going to be four years of revenge and getting oh my god it's going to be carnage and we're we could be severely affected by that canadians i gotta tell you i think slash hope i don't think they're gonna i don't think he can be elected again i really i really don't think that i don't think the republicans are going to let him be Mm-hmm. nominated again somehow there's something has got to save it and this guy this gavin newsom if he runs against trump he'll mop the floor with him joe biden i don't know i mean it's gonna joe biden he's the only thing that's gonna make it close let before we get to dan duran is back everybody one thing i'll say about gavin newsom you know what he looks like Ever any movie that was ever made about the president, he exactly like the, the actor. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I said Gavin Newsom is my favorite president since Jed Bartlett. Somebody said, "Who the fuck is that?" I go from the West Wing. You know, it, Jed. It just, he just, you know, he just has that. Image. That's he's the white Obama. Um, we have an election here in Toronto. I know you guys don't care because you're not of the. You know, you're you're outside of the city. And I can't tell you, I think Olivia Chow is leading, and I don't want to debate the mayoral candidacy, but there's two candidates that make me, uh, I just want to comment on. One is this ass fucking Chris guy who literally, I don't know if you've been in the city lately, but he's, there's, his signs are everywhere. Chris Cacciatone, whatever his real name is. Because daddy's money bottom. Exactly. And I'm like, uh-huh. if anyone looks into this lunatic... And is supporting him, you know. Good on you. But the other guy is uh, his last name is Gong, and his signs are everywhere. Gong, Gong, and ev- I'm telling you, Freddie. And every time I see them, all I can think of is this: Gong, 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 Gong. And if they, I don't know, they should have used this for their campaign theme. Gong, 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 gong. I don't know if he, I don't know how he's doing, but I know that his signs are everywhere. Edward Gong, media mogul. He's elected. It'll be a Gong show. Yeah, you see, his signs claim he will rescue Toronto, and uh, he's a uh, media mogul and businessman with a troubled past. Well, there you go. Um, one thing I will say, um, Olivia Chow was way out in front, like double digit lead. And- yeah. Montori over the past few days has endorsed Anna Baloyal. Yeah. Balionia or whatever. Baloyal or whatever her name is. And she was deputy mayor. Um, it's it's less than uh, 10 points now. It's down to about eight on, on Johnny's endorsement. Mm. We can only hope she comes through because, again, I know you don't want to debate it, but um, I think Olivia Chow would be a disaster for the city. But enough said on that. But... <laughs> You know, I don't even live in Toronto. Well, yeah, we need, a, we need a strong Toronto, Canada. That's for sure. Well, I again, I don't, I, I care so little. I'm not even going to vote. What? Well, that that's ridiculous. But anyway, <sighs> well, okay, you're fine. not going to vote. No, I, I can't be bothered. Well, why, uh, that's not that's what? 
for mayor? Do you think I care who the well, mayor of this city is? I don't care, but it's democracy in action. Good. You know, there's you come candidates. And, you you come and vote. You don't vote. I'm not going to vote come for on. mayor. Stupid mayor. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm not voting for mayor. I got better shit to do today than vote for mayor. It's probably a five minute walk. But too long. <laughs> <laughs> Local politics affects people Too more long. than any other. Does it? Then you come and vote for mayor. Listen, we got to. Uh, that would be here. voter fraud. Fine. I can't. I just have to. Even municipal elections here. Good. It's like I just have to. I know because you're. No, because, Howard, it's, it's like you don't vote. Then you don't have a say. I, but I don't have a say now. And I don't care to have a say. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I know, Dad. It's there. You disappoint me. You really? disappoint me. Let's, you've got get in line today. That's, 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 that fucking guy from The Daily Show should come and interview you. <laughs> I'm still laughing at him saying, I disappoint him. Get in. Yeah, fuck you. You're just you and everyone else. Slime disappoint a lot of people. I'll tell you what, who doesn't disappoint is this guy. Are you going to please? Oh, yeah. Me? Yes, oh, you. Okay. Hey, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, yes, they have been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Play it all at Bodog. I'm going to uh, take uh, an audible here, or call an audible, and uh, I'm going to go uh, architect, okay? Architect Outdoor Living. Uh, we've talked about this company now, locally operated, part of the biggest deck builder in North America, and they take care of everything you need to get your deck in order, uh, from permits to people, they do it all, and you know what, the best thing you can do is give them a call, because... Listen, it's June, soon to be July, and it's not too late to start making your backyard dreams come true. Let's get a conversation going at 647-775-9222. The, um, the way they describe themselves, like I said, it's, a, it's, a lar- it's one of the largest outdoor builders in the, in the world, but it's done locally with people, uh, the Keats, Stacy, and Craig. And uh, they do it all. Outdoor kitchens, patios, porches, hardscapes, and decks. They build a lot of decks. Let them look at your outdoor space and make it something you'll be proud of. Architect.com at 647-775-9222. Architect. Um, I don't often watch the uh, Sunday morning uh, news programs. They have different news. Like There's opinion shows and then... They have uh, some um, lifestyle shows. So I, I just happened to, I was going to tape something and I happened to turn the TV on yesterday morning. And there was uh, a woman, this older woman, who uh, used to be Jane Polly, who is now very, very much older. She's still Jane Polly, but she's a very much older version. And she's done, doing this interview show called CBS Sunday Morning. You ever seen it? Yeah. Uh, no. Been around, for been around a long time, right? Show. Much yeah. like Jane Pauly. Forever. <laughs> so I uh, happened to be uh, watching it while I was eating my breakfast, and uh, she was interviewing. Uh, they had an interview with a few different people, but it, the two that stuck out for me were Tom Brokow and uh, Paul and Tall and Paul Simon, not Tall Simon. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I, you know, the three of us are guys now in our 60s. You know, Freddie's at the top end at 67. I'm at 63. Dan's in the middle, even though Dan has no idea how old he is. Not really. But I got to tell you, boys, getting old is not, uh, it's not pretty. And uh, there's Paul Simon at 81. And Tom Brokow at 83. And he's got something going on with him. And, and uh, it was a bit, I don't know how to put this, but. You know, they, they kept showing pictures of the two of them when they were younger, when we would have known them. Brokaw doing the nightly news, going on Letterman, being kind of a cool guy, Paul Simon being Paul Simon. And I'm not saying like it was depressing, but it was certainly a a harsh look at a the aging process. Because it ain't pretty, boys. It's not pretty. It's not, it's not good. Is this news to you? It isn't news to me. I'm just letting you know. Like, it was a bit... Off-putting. You should be off-putting. <laughs> no, I know. I, You know, what's the answer? There is no answer. Just think young and keep moving. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My, uh, my daughter, Melanie, her father-in-law just turned 70, and I was, I was talking about that yesterday with her and my son-in-law. It's like, you know, that's got to be a bit weird for your dad when that first number now is a seven. And they said, you know, he said a little speech. And basically it was that, like, he's on his bike every day. Like, you know, it's a bit freaky to be 70 now. But all you can do is ignore the number and keep living. Well, how how's Brokaw mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, Polly doing and... and uh and Paul Simon, he didn't even come out with a new album just now? Yeah, he has like a new album, and uh, he's still... He's coming out with albums. 81, stuff. I know. Listen, I'm just saying, like, I happen to be watching the program, and it gave me pause to reflect on the aging process, because these are two people that, you know, have been in our lives for a long time. Yeah, Brokaw's not doing great. He's got some kind of... Uh, well, even in the best of times, I always had that voice, like, you know, yeah. like... Yeah, whatever that voice was. (laughs) Speaking of voices, this uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. You heard his. That's an ailment, eh? That's like a disease. It's called spasmic uh, something. And poor guy. I mean, he's a bit of a whack job, but a bit. That that voice is uh, bizarre. How do I describe Paul Simon and Tom Brokaw now? To be fair, and again, I'm not trying to be too. You know, look at me. But they both look like Halloween costumes of old people. You know what I mean? They look like they... Here's what they look like. You never seen a movie where an actor has put a makeup on to make them look really old? <laughs> that's what That's what these two guys look like now, every day. Every day. You know, things can turn quite... Howard, two years from now, you could... I, I'm, through I'm no, no fault of your own. I know. Age. Like I've seen, and I'm not mentioning anyone, Howard. But in recent experience i we were at places and things and i saw people that you know (laughs) used to be part of my life and it's like almost shocking how the aging process has grabbed them up you know and shoot them up spit them out (laughs) spit them out hey i know and i can write i'm not saying this like i'm i'm gonna there's no we're not going to avoid it I mean, look at us. I was thinking about, uh, I don't know why it came to mind that we've been doing it 12 years. I've lived in this place now, uh, two months away from being here seven years. So that's gone by like this. 
What's the, what are we going to look like in 12 years from now? It's not going to be pretty. I might, I will, you know, I'll, I'll look like a Halloween costume of an old guy. Although you got to hold on, you know, both my parents, you know, died in their 80s. They didn't, my parent, like my dad, when he died, didn't look like a, like an old decrepit guy. You know what I mean? He had a lot of vitality right to the end. Mm-hmm. Same with my mom. It's like a lot of people didn't believe my mom was 87. So maybe there's some genetic thing that I can hold on to. I don't know. Sure. Hold, hold on to that. Well, hold on. Hold on to this. <laughs> hold, on. <laughs> hold on to this. Oh, and then, of course, there's Dan Duran, who is never going to age. <clears throat> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I don't yeah. like thinking about any of this. No, I know you don't. Yeah. You're just oblivious to the, the, the whole process. <laughs> well, I Why, Dan? Why don't you like thinking about it? Well, because, you know, you, you, you've got less years to live than you, you know, right. you've already lived. Yeah. And so. you're right. It's not very constructive. I mean, the, all you can take from it is do what I can to prevent the aging process of being worse than it needs to be. Basically, right? Well, yeah, you can do mm-hmm. one of two things. You can you can you can look at it to uh, as a way to remind yourself to carpe diem, or add it to your satchel of self loathing. <laughs> you know, you got a satchel for it now. Eh? Yeah, add it to your your bin bag. <laughs> no, it's like one of those uh, fucking rubber made moving crates. You know, uh, Dan Durant, a tote. A tote. Uh, Dan, are you in a place where you'd like to do the news now? Yeah, I sure want to. All right. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from some random stranger's house in Stratford, Ontario. Just a few minutes ago, some dude was walking behind you. <laughs> I don't even know. What, did you not see that? No, it's a, what, the neighbor or something. Uh, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's a residential district I'm in. So. I think I that know. was a Stratfordian. <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> Must is that guy about to break into Dan Duran's house? Uh, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the news and views. TV movie anchor Dan Daru on a weekend where Montreal scored number one on the shittiest air quality on the planet. That wow. was yesterday morning on Sunday morning. Number two was Kuwait City, by the way. Number three was Tehran, Iran. Was so who? Number, number three was what? Tehran. Oh, in Tehran, right? Tehran in the Iran. Yeah, in the Tehran, Iran. Tehran, Iran. Tehran. Yeah. So with that going on. Canada got a bit of a moral boost, having three cities on the best cities to live list from the Economist Intelligent Unit. This came out last week. Uh, so uh, also notable, no American cities are on that list. None. But Toronto came in at number nine. Calgary came in at number seven. And Vancouver came in at number five. Say that again. Toronto was nine, Calgary was seven, Vancouver was five. On the best places in the world? In the world. That's what pretty was number good. one? Some number Scandinavian one? city? No, it was uh, Vienna in Austria. Mm. Oh, okay. 
So, but uh, before that was uh, like a three was Melbourne, Australia, then Copenhagen at two. Copenhagen. Yeah, and then Copenhagen. 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 Where the I like Hagen how you say that. Coming from? So where the- Copenhagen. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like well, when you say Copenhagen. <laughs> have you talked to your son, uh, Colton, uh, Howard's uh, godson, about uh, the air quality? Are you not concerned? He's living there now. I know he is. And I did send him the uh, the alert. He didn't respond to that. But uh, <laughs> I would hope you know he's living in Montreal. How's he doing, by yeah. the way? He's doing very well. He's uh, rapid this week. He's uh, he took a French course nice. for uh, two months, a two month French, uh, you know, get your French better kind of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, the exam for that is this week. So he's going to take the summer off uh, on French lessons and start up in the fall again to get himself up to level eight. He's at level four, hopefully level five. Because he five. did uh, French immersion, didn't he? When as, a, as a kid, he's, he's got as a good a kid, base. Did, yeah. yeah, he's got a good base yeah. of French. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's getting a whole lot better at French. And uh, I think he wants to get another level or two so he can, you know, work in restaurants and stuff legally. Because oh. there's a big thing about speaking French in, in, uh, yeah. in Quebec these yeah, days. They're not fucking around. Huge thing. They're not fucking around. Do you have a second story? We should wrap this up and save uh, some of the content for tomorrow. All right. Let's do that. All right. Save it um, tomorrow. On tomorrow's program. Let me just check here. Oh, you yeah. Lumbi- hey, no, I didn't, it didn't have it in front of me. Oh, God okay. damn it. You're, you're, you're tough, oh, I don't man. Know. You're it's a been tough. A, you've been away for a while, you're so a maybe tough, you just don't remember stuff anymore. You're a tough bugger. Oh, yeah. Uh, tomorrow is the 27th. Uh, Helen Long from yeah. Dying with Dignity will be on our show. What's that all about? Is that sort of the uh, more death, <laughs> more yeah. more death was, stuff? Wasn't the death doula? Isn't is yeah. that a different person? This is a different that? one. The death now. doula who really wasn't one. No, <laughs> <laughs> still <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, how, I, many, I, how many people have you killed? Anyway, None. that was funny. Have you killed anybody? Uh, no, I've never been there yeah, for death. No, All right. I want uh, to though. Yeah, I, I want to. <laughs> I just haven't got my papers yet. Huh. <laughs> got to get my doula certificate. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking. Uh, just all it says here is Helen Long from Dying with Dignity. Lumbee returns to the show. Tomorrow? Uh, no, on Wednesday. Oh, on Wednesday. Okay. And uh, tomorrow I'll tell you about a couple of shows that I've been watching. One is a documentary and the other one is a series that is available to you, Frederick, on uh, on our mutual service. Okay. I started watching the other day Platonic, but I it's not going to hold me. Where's that on? With Seth, what's the Canadian kid? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Is that a show or a movie? That's it's a series, but on I what? I think it. Um, I, I'm. It may have been Netflix or something. I don't know. Dan, have you started watching the uh, new Marvel series with Samuel L. Jackson that everyone's yes, talking? Yeah. What's it called? Uh, good one. I don't remember. Wait a second ago, you were chastising me because I couldn't come up with who's on the show tomorrow. Well, yeah, but it's your show, and I was. Uh, it's uh, oh, shoot, Samuel L. Jackson. And come on, Dan. Without looking it up, I, without looking it up, I can't do that. I can't, wow. Uh, 
There yeah, you go. No, it's not coming to me. I can't. The old what's good for the Nazi ain't good no, for the. No, that's not true. That's not true because I didn't. I you know I haven't got that coming up on the show. It's oh, okay. kind of random random reference right there. All right. right. I did start right. watching it, but you know. I I just I'll, I'll tell you a show that, you, that that in the science fiction world that I've really been enjoying on Apple, which is called Silo. I really enjoyed that one. All right. One more episode coming up. For the sake of our audience, who we respect and love, I will let you look up the Samuel L. Jackson thing before we leave here. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Looking at him now. Yeah. Yeah. It's on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple of recommends for you tomorrow, Freddie. A couple of good ones. Okay. All right. Dan Durant. That means I have to watch him. What's that, called Secret Invasion. There you go. And uh, his character is from the Marvel Universe. What's his character called? Uh, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fucking dementia. Oh, man. You don't know. So you watch the series. You don't know the name of it or the main character's name. I've watched half of one episode. I mean, I haven't really got that Maybe it's time for you to cut back on your weed. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Nick we, Fury. All Nick right. Fury. Yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks, everyone. We're back uh, live on Facebook tomorrow, and it's a podcast available everywhere. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails. We got that Friday... Now, Thursday, show coming up for the summer, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking and subscribing really helps us out. So does writing a review and giving us all the hearts and stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you're imploding gradually, try Metamucil now in three flavors, including unflavored. Enjoy every goddamn day. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree hands. Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's the